from the Pictures Out There studios. Welcome to the Pictures Out There podcast series with Dave Fogelman and Lee Stewart. Pictures Out There ties the future to the present and is a new approach for vision and action toward a better future. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Hello, this is Dave. This is Lee. And welcome back to our Pictures Out There podcast series. Let's very briefly review our last podcast. We introduced the notion of perspectives. The first perspective we wanted to talk about, connection, community, and caring, and our ongoing community of caring that we have at any point in time. We also introduced the concepts of macro and micro as a way to think about community and how broad or how narrow our community of caring is. So what we're going to do now is do a little bit of modeling of a conversation that you might have with someone else uh, relative to sharing your community of caring and how that took shape and the way that you would ask questions and talk about uh, someone else's and gain the insights from that sharing of perspectives that then helps you all and in this case helps us understand the way our pictures took shape and took form. I'm going to go ahead and share some elements of my perspective on community of caring, and and we'll just see where the conversation goes today. So first of all, and to a very great degree, I'm the product of how I was raised as a child when it comes to how I view connection and my ongoing community of caring. I was raised to believe that I should care deeply about my immediate family, but also that I should care deeply about much broader communities. That expectation of caring could extend all the way to our global community, depending on the breadth and magnitude of the social issue or question. So Dave, if you can recall, what messages did you receive from your parents that fostered that perspective? There were messages of paying attention to current events that were going on elsewhere in the world, paying attention to the connections between the religious beliefs that I grew up with, And through all of that, uh, there was a constant messaging going on of connection to people who who lived elsewhere and who were different from me. Going to political demonstrations where issues of concern beyond my local community were voiced and were registered as important. Just all sorts of different types of reinforcement of that message happened. Okay. Well, I've known you for a great many years now, so I understand that you have carried that expectation into your adulthood. So today, when a social problem or question or issue arises, your perspective becomes one of? Just thinking about the broadest possible community that is impacted by that. And so I, by habit, tend to, when an issue arises, I will think, who all is affected by this, both directly and indirectly? You know, my heart will immediately, without my even trying to do anything, have some level of connection to, again, that broadest community of people. And so then as the social issue takes form or uh, the aftermath of an event is happening, I will kind of keep tabs on whether or not that broad community is being addressed and is having their concern spoken to, having their tragedy spoken to, having uh, any of those things taken into account. And if that isn't happening, then that registers with me. It registers with me that there is 
uh, some group of people who have not had what is a very legitimate concern addressed. So that perspective would place you toward the macro end of our macro-micro continuum or spectrum when we're considering large social issues or questions. Very much toward the macro. Someone may say, if I haven't actually met someone personally, or I haven't met another community of people personally, why would I, why would I care about them? And so the, to the degree that uh, I was oriented, it's like, well, you don't have to have met someone. You don't have to have seen them in person, met them face to face, you know, had some event or experience with them to, to deeply care about them. So it, as we've talked about here, when I'm moved by an event, to uh, include someone new in my ongoing active community of caring where an event may happen where I go, oh, I haven't really thought about that group of people before. I've learned something. I've learned that there's this group of people and they're experiencing a hardship or having some kind of difficulty because of X. My habit is to say, well, I should care about them. Yes. And I should maintain that caring for them in perpetuity. If an event happens and... I've temporarily cared about a group of people, but then as time goes by and that event recedes into the past, then I kind of go, okay, now I can drop them. Now I can, I don't like the feeling of that. I don't like the feeling that I've lost the learning of somebody mattering. The fact that I may have this broad circle of caring and events may cause that to continue to broaden and widen. Does that mean then that that circle of dear family and treasured friends that I have always cared very deeply about, does that make my caring for them less? Absolutely not. It's not a zero-sum game. No, no. And I lots of times find that caring for my circle of friends and family deepens as I have these other new experiences that cause my sense of community to broaden. I actually learn things from that broadening that I can take back to those long-established relationships of caring that make those all the richer. Yes, it's like love is not limitless. If I love you more, that doesn't mean I love someone else less. Okay, Lee, thoughts about your community of caring and, and where that originated and how that's evolved? Yes, so I'll begin by saying I grew up uh, in a very small community. It numbered about twelve or 1,300 souls. And there was only one person of color that lived in that community. I'll come back to that point in a moment. I think my mother is most responsible for uh, nurturing me toward the macro end of the macro-micro perspective. And she did it in this way. Not only did both of my parents give me message reinforcement that, hey, you should care about everyone, not just about those who are you are intimately acquainted with. But she modeled it. So she was the woman in town who would prepare meals for shut-ins, would prepare meals for people who may have lost a job temporarily and needed a little additional assistance. She would recruit me and enlist me to drive around the community and go knock on doors and deliver the home-baked meals that she had made for people as a young child. I was a little bit afraid, like, I'm going to go up to that stranger's door and knock on it, and I don't know who's going to open that door. But I overcame it when I saw just the joy and love with which they greeted that. How did the translation from this caring environment with people in your local community 
what was the translation from that to a caring about a broader regional, national, global community? What was that journey like? Okay, so when I went away to college, out of the small community that I grew up in, and now I'm suddenly in a far more diverse population, and diverse by any measure, ethnically, racially, perspectives, right? It was then when I recalled the messages, both explicit and implicit, that I'd received in childhood, which is everyone matters, everyone has their own story, and importantly, everyone has their own value. Because of that foundation of my childhood, when someone offered a perspective different from mine, I just kind of was hardwired to listen to that and be attentive to that and look at it as an opportunity for my learning rather than as, oh, I don't know what that person has to offer. If anything, I'm just going to close that out. We have gone from a society of, you know, all of our relationships are purely face-to-face to the advent of telecommunications and, and other things, to the advent of computers, to the advent and maturation of social media. Social media can have and has had a tremendous impact on our macro-micro continuum. On the one hand, never before in human history have we been as technologically connected as a global community as we are today. Think about it. One single tweet or a single Facebook post can go around the world in a second and be seen literally by millions. But social media also represents what? One-way communication? It can be an isolating communication. I'm on my individual device, sending my thoughts into the ether. Perhaps I'm attempting to foster a dialogue and engage with others, or perhaps I'm only wishing to express my perspective at that time. It is an odd combination of the macro-micro dynamic. On one hand, we're able to communicate with everyone on the planet. In the other uh, perspective, it's just me. It seems like an amplification right? If we are, as you're beautifully describing, if we are inclined to be purely micro, we can stay micro and we can amplify our messages to our micro community or through our micro community more powerfully than ever. Than ever, yes. Likewise, if we have a macro orientation and we are about the broadening of community and our sense of that, there's more opportunity there than ever. Yes. Competition versus cooperation. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Cooperation or collaboration, whichever term you select, leads toward what? Common ground, right? We are trying, despite our differences, and perhaps legitimate differences, right? Different perspectives. We're trying to come to a common or mutual understanding. That's how big things get resolved. That's how big ideas get realized. That's different from, oh, let's focus on our differences. That's separating. That's isolating. That's never going to lead to mutual understanding. So the differences that create our uniqueness, that's great. They shouldn't become then a roadblock to us seeing all of our common ground. Okay, so that is our perspective on connection and communities of caring. But just as importantly, we've shared ours. What are yours? Think about what are the adult choices that you've made and why? Whom have you decided to include in your community of caring or exclude? So now is the time when we like to speak to future generations. We are here in the 2020s, and we are going to imagine what the future looks like. Here's how we expect you did it, future generations. This is how we feel like you broadened or limited your perspectives. 
We think that one of the things that's part of your society is that orienting toward a more macro perspective is a given. We think that uh, you all recognize that that doesn't happen without effort, without focus. And so really from childhood on through adulthood, there is reinforcement that's done families and then through just people you're interacting with and societal mechanisms to keep pushing us outward, to keep learning about people that we don't know about, to uh, continue to understand all of the connections that we have to them. So that we think uh, it, it, one of the things that's been a success factor for you all has been that having a macro orientation is a given for everyone, but a very important but here, but that everybody also has very meaningful small communities. You all have found out that it's not an either or, but it needs to be a both. Yes. So here's what we imagine future generations that you had to overcome to get to the place you're at. All of the very natural human limitations that make us afraid of including others in our community of caring. There's fear, there's insecurity, there's the concept of otherness. There may be a need to feel superior to others. There may be a need to compete with others. We suspect that you successfully overcame them, probably because you did what Dave just suggested. Through informal and formal education and reinforcement, you created a macro perspective. And so we have that last question. Back then, in the 2020s, why was this so hard? The notion of time and the fact that it, it is very time consuming to, to share these perspectives and, and share the stories. We, we struggle with taking that story that we learned and go, God, that, that person really has an amazing story. Now I care about them. And we, we struggle from going to that point to the point where we go, well, really doesn't everybody have a story? Why wouldn't I assume that everyone is worth caring about. Why, why do I have to wait until I have personally heard somebody's story before caring about them? That doesn't make any sense. We think you all have solved that translation, but it's hard for us here because we, we need to wait for proof sometimes. We need to wait until you've proven that you're of value. And we think you all have gotten to a different place. This is a time here where we'd like to uh, offer just a, a quick tip, and it's really kind of a quick thought. So we want you to consider the concept of macro and micro in your day-to-day dealings with people and reflect on who is in your very closest community. Now also think about who is excluded. Yeah. Who's outside your ring and why? Yeah. Why have you made the choice? Because who you include in your community of caring is a choice. Right. Who have you excluded and give some thought to why? Okay. So let's close with a call to action. Learn about a part of the world or a group of people that today you are not familiar with, who are just not in your current community of caring. And explore how learning about them changes your reaction to them, both emotionally and intellectually. So find your own version of broadening your world, find your own version of leading toward the macro end of the micro, macro community of caring. Okay. That's our podcast for this week. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. And we look forward to again, uh, sharing with you in another week. Be well. 
Thank you for joining our podcast today. For more information about Pictures Out There products, services, and communities, or to contact us, please visit us at picturesoutthere.com or reach out to us on Twitter at the handle at PicsOutThere. You can also find us on Facebook. Please join us for our next podcast. We hope you have the day of your dreams. <laughs>